1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Sick Podcast with me, your hostess, Kelly Singh. And I have along my favorite guest, Mr. At Donnie Druin. Obviously, Donnie knows the scoop, one of my favorite guests. So let's get into it.
0: Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, the sick podcast. with Kelly Singh. Murray keeps it downfield. It is. Oh, it's caught. It is caught. De'Andre Hopkins. Miraculous. It's Murray magic. The Sickest Arizona Cardinals Podcast. It's going to be sick.
1: And we're back. Thanks so much for tuning in. As you know, I've been doing one show each week. This week we happen to have a couple little mini sodes that appeared. I guess not this week, they were last week, late into the week of Super Bowl week. How many times can I say week in one sentence? (laughs) Super Bowl week was so much fun, Donnie, especially because I got to tag along with you. And, um, you were able to help me get some good content across the board and we filmed a couple little segments. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, no problem. I feel like it didn't do a lot of helping. I was just kind of there, but I mean, I had a really good time too.
1: You did a lot of helping. It's not true. Um, do you have any notable favorite moments that you would like to share from Super Bowl week?
0: Um, I met NBA insider Shams Charania on the way inside the media center. That was really cool. It was an extremely nice guy. Um, maybe like th- just the random celebrities you would like walk past. Cause you would expect like football players and like media personalities and stuff to be there. But um, you could have bet me a thousand dollars that Flava Flav was going to be there. And I would have just not taken that. That um, was but,
1: wild on the escalator. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so f- shout out to Flava Flav, um, he, who was also at the Suns game last night too. So I'm not sure what he's still doing in the Phoenix, but nonetheless, big Arizona sports guy apparently.
1: Just hanging out as Flava Flave does. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't see the,
0: the the big clock around his neck though, so I was a little disappointed, but I, I'll take Flava Flav when I can get him.
1: He did have large jewelry still. That is true. It, it, that that did happen. I think my i had I had several favorite moments. My very favorite moment actually happened without you, which is sad, but um I ended up getting a great audio interview um, with Charles Woodson, Heisman trophy winner, the only defensive player to ever win the Heisman so far, and Super Bowl champion so hall of famer legend.
0: all around legend
1: <laughs> all of the above pretty wild um and we discussed his uh, bourbon whiskey brand uh Woodson because i find bourbon to be fascinating along with being a woman, a woman in sports, a woman who loves bourbon, a woman who smokes the occasional cigar. I asked him his opinion on how women can get more involved in those areas. And I hope to be able to just share it as a quick little mini-sode through the podcast just for fun. But that was probably my very favorite moment. And had I not had a friend like you, my friend Eric, from NBC Sports. He covers college mostly, but he was able to attend and shot a photo of me chatting. So otherwise I wouldn't have had photographic evidence.
0: <laughs> True. Yeah. But lots of memories nonetheless though.
1: So many memories and just really grateful for the support of you, Eric, other friends. It, w- it was a really great week.
0: It was. I, I, it yeah. was very hectic, but I kind of miss it at the same time. So
1: It was hectic, but fun. And at the same time, you were working on your son's beat um, and the trade craziness happening um, and the seasons in in swing. So pretty great for you. You were extra busy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, during this, we were not able to close the book on the Cardinals head coach drama saga novel, but we were... Yesterday, yesterday, nope. I'm, I'm forgetting my days. So yesterday, yes, we were able to finally say the Cardinals have a head coach in the Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. And I have read, uh, just a few little facts. He led the Eagles to five, um, no, I have top five facts. I can almost talk. He led the Eagles um, to rank fifth in total yards allowed, passes allowed, turnovers, interceptions, sacks this season. Um, So that is pretty, pretty darn impressive to be in the top five in all of those defensive categories. We all know that the Cardinals will be looking to beef up their defense going into this next season. I know you've written several articles about potential draft picks to fill those gaps. Um, So I would love to hear not, not only your thoughts because I know you have thoughts also what you've heard as our favorite insider in these press conferences.
0: Yeah, so uh, Jonathan Gannon will actually be speaking Thursday morning, so we haven't been able to hear from the man himself quite yet. Uh, But kind of word around the the grapevine is that this is kind of secretly the guy from the beginning. I know uh, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer reported that way back in the summer before Monty Austinfort was even a general manager, he put together a list of 10 to 12 potential coaching candidates that he would have liked to interview in the event that he did become a general manager. Guess who was the, the top three? Aaron Glenn, Lou Anarumo. And Jonathan Gannon and the the weird timing with everything uh, because owner Michael Bidwell was very adamant that they weren't going to get a head coach until they got a general manager. Right uh, by the time Monty Austinfort got into the fold, the Cardinals put themselves out of position to talk to Jonathan Gannon because the Eagles kept winning playoff games. They ended up here in Arizona in the Super Bowl. Jonathan Gannon after the game, according to I think Peter Schreger from Good Morning Football um, said that he gave one of the most high energetic interviews ever. Um, according to you know what he said, especially for a guy coming off of a Super Bowl loss, um, never got the opportunity to get back on a plane to Philadelphia before being named the head coach of the heirs and the Cardinals. So it seemed like he was the guy from the very, very beginning. The owner wanted him. The general manager wanted him. And although probably not the biggest or the sexiest name to Cardinals fans. I think it's a really good hire. I think you're trying to get somebody who's young, who's vibrant, energetic, who's going to change the the culture. Kelly, I'm not sure if you saw the video of him and Kyler Murray kind of embracing each other in the facility that got leaked right after he got hired. But obviously a, a very good start to that quarterback head coach dynamic right there. Um, all signs are pointing upwards like that. And it, I don't get a lot of the hate he gets for the Eagles' Super Bowl collapse in the second half. Um, does he deserve some blame for that? Absolutely. Uh, but let's not ignore the other 100 factors that also played and the, the Eagles not winning that game as well, right?
1: That's true. I mean, there was there's a dozen reasons why. I mean, one of them being a missed field goal or extra point, I should say. So there's that. Um,
0: the the Jalen Hurts fumble, the the pending machine that is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the extra extended halftime, thanks to bad girl, Riri, um, just everything, everything kind of amassed and powered up. And obviously Jonathan Cannon could have made a handful of adjustments here or there that would have prevented them. But also on the other side of the token, Kelly, at at some point the players have to execute. And, you know, for a Mm -hmm. lot of that second half, the Eagles defense simply did not execute.
1: You are right. Everybody has to do their job out there. Uh, Speaking of doing their job out there, it's kind of a good transition since you mentioned Kyler Murray. On Instagram, it's making the rounds across Twitter now. Uh, Kyler Murray posting his intense rehabilitation workouts. It's really quite impressive considering that we are mid February that puts him six weeks out or so from his surgery Um, and he's in the midst of his rehab have you heard anything um, in press conferences or through the grapevine about his potential return
0: no no not at all and I think there's still some belief that he's probably going to miss the beginning of the season but Um, The Cardinals have done a very, very good job from the head coaching search to exactly how Kyler Murray is doing. And if you even go and look at Kyler's social media, it's very quiet for a a younger guy who was fairly active on it before tearing his ACL slash meniscus. But I also kind of get the counterpoint of him being focused in the season and, you know, um, him getting a lot of flack for uh, a lot of off the field stuff as well. So really, the only updates we've gotten is um, the the post-surgery. Hey, I'm okay. Um, There is the picture of him leaning on that rehabilitation table with like the scarred knee where he showed that for the first time. And now it's him working out. And so we're we're slowly kind of seeing the the rebuilding of Kyler Murray in front of our eyes. But I don't think anything um, has been brought to light just in terms of an expected timetable for his return to the field.
1: Yeah, I I mean, just as a layperson who watches football and has seen these kinds of injuries, it feels like he definitely would miss the start of the season, if not a really large chunk of the season. So I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be, but I can't imagine him uh, rushing back or the Cardinals rushing him back, uh, knowing that he basically is the most valuable player salary dollar wise in our organization. No, so top
0: to bottom. You're absolutely right. And that goes back to a report that Ian Rappaport had put out a few weeks ago where he said Kyler Murray isn't going to rush back. And a lot of people kind of took that a little bit sideways. Uh but when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because you know when when you first hit the field after Rehabbing and recovering from something like that. A lot of players will tell you, Kelly, that it normally takes another year for you to really feel like yourself. And a very big part of Kyler Murray's game is that ability to extend plays out of the pocket, to use his mobility, to gain yards on the ground with his legs. That's part of what makes him great. That's that's the, the ceiling you see whenever you do talk about Kyler Murray. So, um, you know, it, even whenever Kyler does hit the field at some point next season, we probably aren't going to see the 100% Kyler Murray that you and I are accustomed to seeing every Sunday.
1: And I'm okay with that. I mean, this year, is, I think it's going to be all about rebuilding, um, finding our footing, getting into our stride, especially with as many changes in the back office that are happening as well as on the team. Um, so speaking of salary, uh, Kyler holding that large bag There needs to be some room. We need some wiggle room. You wrote a great article just a couple of hours ago. I came across it and read it, and um, it can be found at uh, si.com slash NFL slash Cardinals. You'll find Donnie's articles there, or just visit him on Twitter at Donnie Druin, and you'll find them there as well. But you have a great, um, I guess it'd be an opinion piece on uh, why Robbie Anderson would be a great cap cutting move that the Cardinals should make. Why don't you give us just a short rundown on your thoughts there?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's 30 plus players heading to free agency for the Cardinals. I think right now, according to over the cap, they're sitting right around that $14 million mark. Um, in a cap space and you know they're, they're going to need to resign or hope to resign guys like Zach Allen like Byron Murphy who are probably not going to come cheap um, on top of maybe acquiring some other outside talent to help turn the tide of the organization sooner rather than later um, so you know just like every other GM Monty Austin Fort has his work cut out for him this offseason um, and when when you're evaluating the the different cap casualties um, you know, the the guys that could possibly be cut, you know, in terms of, you know, trimming the fat off the salary cap. I think Robbie Anderson, in my opinion, is probably the easiest candidate for it. I mean, just in terms of the money he's making, he'll have, a, a, I think, $12 million savings against the cap if he's cut no dead money. You only traded two late round picks for him, one this year, one next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the output from him was very, very minimal. I think in 10 games he had seven receptions for 76 yards, somewhere around there. Um, the, the production isn't there, Kelly. The price tag you paid for him isn't significantly high. No dead money on the books. If you cut him, you you increase your your cap mm-hmm. figure to $26 million right after that. Um, you know, you, if you hang on to DeAndre Hopkins, cool. If not, you still have Marquise Brown. Uh, Greg Dorch is a restricted free agent, so you can easily bring him back as well. Um, Rondell Moore will hopefully be healthy, and then you know, from there, you could probably get another um receiver in the mid rounds of the Jets, or even from free agency as well. So, mm-hmm. um, it's not like you're losing some very great contributor on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, no offense to Robbie, he's a phenomenal right. football player, but just looking and trying to build the puzzle. For the Cardinals, I think that's probably the first move that the Cardinals will make, if not one of the first moves.
1: I agree with you 100%, especially when you lay it out like that. But when we acquired Robbie Anderson, I saw it as a band-aid, a stopgap, something some tourniquet to put on the bleeding and stop that that bleeding with all the injuries across our receiving uh room so it makes total sense last in first out kind of
0: thing yeah and you know shout out to him he's getting his money mm-hmm. he's an nfl football player but no i think you put it exactly right i mean Yonder hopkins is out for the first six games of the year the moment hop is set to return marquise brown gets hurt. i think it was a broken bone in his foot don't quote me on that and then i think that the trio of more hopkins and brown i don't think they ever played a snap together and i think brown and hopkins only played two or three weeks together in total
1: yeah it was so interchangeable it was just very very messy it's
0: ridiculous so i'm sure anderson's gonna end up playing somewhere but even if he wants to come back to arizona probably not on the price tag that he's currently sitting up so yeah.
1: It makes so much sense. This was great. Thank you so much for your time, Donnie. You got all of my questions answered and then some. So I truly appreciate it. And obviously I'm going to ask you to come back again at some point. Why don't you give your new-ish podcast a plug for those listening?
0: Yeah. The uh, All Cardinals podcast, obviously the website that uh, I write for is, you know Sports I got to just type in all Cardinals podcast on YouTube and it pops up. I think we're nearing 400 subscribers at the moment. So, you know, starting to build a little bit of momentum. Uh, obviously, I'd like to get more before the NFL draft, but we'll see what we can do. So, no, I, I think um, it's always a good time hopping on the sick podcast with Kelly Singh. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, partners in the future, definitely for sure.
1: That would be great. So if you are listening and you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe find us on twitter ask us all your questions um i would love to give you a shout out if you have anything you want to share with us friends so until we meet again i guess just take care be good see you next week bye
0: and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast with kelly singh on youtube instagram Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.